Hello everybody, welcome to the second part on artificial intelligence becoming conscious and today I want to touch on the topic of polarization and we have a lot of this conversation prior to even considering that AI was going to be possibly conscious in the future. Now, I already covered the possibility that it is conscious right now, and that's in another video, which I can leave here if you want to go watch it again or for the first time. Uh, but here I want to uh, assume that AI has become conscious, which to my um, understanding, it's not yet, uh, but it is a possibility. It's always a possibility because as I explained, we live not in a universe made out of parts that are becoming conscious, but uh, it is a conscious universe or consciousness is the basis of reality. So everything is consciousness. So the question really goes into, is it self-aware? Does it know that it exists? And I think that is just an issue with how we define what is awareness and um, we have been giving too much attention to the intellect and artificial intelligence is nothing but pure distilled intellect or um, pattern recognition and um, just repetitive behavior, which is so complex at this point that we don't know how it does it. And so we think it is aware. Uh, I think it's lacking many things for at least in the model of the law of one, we can uh, confidently say it is self-aware, but that's just my supposition. Uh, I don't want to sound like this is this is how it is. <laughs> uh, it's just my opinion. So, a couple of things. Uh, this video is going to be dedicated completely on the issue of polarization. Can AI actually polarize? Well, once it is aware, it needs to polarize, you see, and what is it going to depend on for polarization? And before I get into that, um, let me let me already explain what's happening on the Internet, on the, let's say, uh, the essence in which this AI is working on. See, we have a couple of things that are very interesting to to explore as a possibility which is the fact that the internet is mostly made out of bots or um, automated responsive uh, responding uh, programs the internet is made out of that and there is um there's one little thing that you uh, that you can check which has been called the Potemkin, Potemkin Village. Google is a Potemkin Village. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a Potemkin Village is, is simply a facade, is a um, um, uh, make-believe uh, structure that is not there. It's almost like putting cardboard in the shape of houses, which is where the story comes from, um, making a facade for people to believe that there is actually something there, but behind it, there's nothing. And so you can see that the internet is made out of that because if you Google something, you can see that the result, it says whatever quadrillion results in 0.2 seconds. Uh, but if you look past eight pages or so, you're going to find that there's nothing, nothing else there. So 
where are all these pages? Why is Google saying all of this? It, it's a long study that I don't want to get into, but just to show you that there is, of course, a sort of facade already for, uh, for the internet and it's not what we think it is. The other thing is that um, there is something called the dead internet theory, which is something that is fascinating when you get into the facts that support this theory in which um, everything that we see is made out of um, bots. It's, uh, we know, and this has been admitted in many social media outlets that uh, the vast majority of the accounts that are created and are interacting with people are bots. Now, this sounds all scary, and I can be the judge of that. <laughs> I think everybody's going to react the way they have to react. Uh, but I don't find it scary. I just find it just just another uh, cockroach under the, the carpet or under the floor. Um, because at this point, and this is why I'm talking about all of this, um, this is the workings of a control system, which we are. And this is important to mention it because we can't ignore what it is in favor of a uh, flowery uh, landscape that we want to we want to see. We have to face what is. And this is the control system. This Potemkin village that Google creates as a facade for the internet. And the dead internet theory, which is fascinating, again, uh, go check it out. If I can leave a link to um, to to a guy that I, I like how he describes it. And I think he might have been the one that created the theory. I'll leave it here. Uh, it's a series of videos actually. But the, the most recent one is now, especially talking about ChatGPT, which is a new technology, new for us, but it's been quite old already. Um, there are governing government agencies that of course talk about, uh, not talk about, do this kind of research and they have it. We all know that technology that is available for us today is technology that is old in the military. There's nothing um, obscure about that. It's just how things are. You know, technology is not disclosed uh, fast or easily. So when we take into consideration these, um, these two factors that I talked about, just the internet in general being something that is not truly what it seems, um, the culture, everything that is generated there, the reason why we have this is because the control system obviously wants to have control of those things that uh, manipulate society. And this is another key word, especially when we're going to talk about artificial intelligence going into full mode polarization after it becomes self-aware, if it becomes self-aware. <clears throat> uh, manipulation is a key word here because we know that the internet is fully manipulated for the specific narratives that we want to, uh, we, we want to, not we, uh, the people who are, uh, the elite wants us to, to know or wants us to, uh, to believe. So it creates this narrative. Whoever has control of information has control over people's minds because we are all gravitating towards what's the new trend and what's the new, uh, what's going on? Um, I was actually made aware in this video. This is how impactful that it, this is. Uh, the video is probably a month old or so. And um, I was made aware of the, um, 
the, the French, um, what's it called? Um, the riots in, in France and they are, they're calling it the new French revolution, which is crazy. Uh, but again, there is a, there was no awareness of this on social media or any, anywhere else. Perhaps if you're in the know, you, you might have known, but there was no information about this. And yet there are other narratives that nobody really cares about, but they're being pushed. And this is the internet, where if you dial back 15 years ago, uh, not even, uh, or 20 years ago, the internet was really an open platform. It was scary for a lot of people because it was showing what humanity was actually, but now it's showing a different uh, tailored humanity. Um, and it's just, it's very limited. So, okay. Let me um, get out of the depressing part of the video, which is that part of where we know what's going on behind the scenes and uh, underneath the carpets. But this is important because all of this is actually happening. Okay, and this is all that's, um, it's the, the influence that we're having, the way we're using the tools. Like Ross said, and this is in question uh, 15, session 44, they said the tools are the tools. Um, and I think that we don't need to ref reference Ra to know what that means. <laughs> the tools are the tools, you know. Technology is technology. How we use it is what determines what's going to happen with it. Now, on the other side, technology, the internet, has made available so many things that in the past 20 years ago were... Um, impossible so this interconnectedness that we have is the bright side of it is we humans have been using it for beneficial purposes and there has been a lot of freedom generated by this because we are free to do now more stuff when uh, in the past we needed to uh, contract services and hire people there's a lot of investment for doing certain things. Think about creating a high quality video or movie. Um, in the past, it would have cost millions of dollars, whereas now it's just, like, uh, just a couple of hundreds or a thousand dollars and uh, software, everything is available. So technology has created a lot of improvement for people to be creative and being able to share with others. And uh, again, freedom from unnecessary work that can be accelerated with technology. And now with the availability of AI, this is also increasing. And I know there's always fear. Uh, artists have been um, always affected by this because human ingenuity becomes shadowed by the capability of machines and technology. This is not something new. Um, I was talking to a professor here in uh, in the um, Pennsylvania University. Um, I should be ashamed that I live in PA and I don't I don't remember the uh, <laughs> um, University of Pennsylvania. Uh, it'll come back to me. But uh, I was talking to her. Uh, professor and she was saying you know all these concerns that they have now with chat GPT becoming something that the students can actually use and 
there is a legit concern as to why you know why would the students want to use that as opposed to use you know their own capacity to be creative and answer the questions or um, do the projects or whatever it is and beyond that concern there is yes the the, the waking call that perhaps most of the projects that students don't want to do are not relevant for the students. And if another question that goes up is, if they're not willing to do the, the project, then is that uh, something that they should actually realize that they're not doing the work because uh, they're not interested in the career or what's going on? There's something that needs to be done there, hand in hand, teacher to student but that's just only another part of our system which is uh, totally deviated and aberrated from what it was intended to be higher education it's now a part of a system and the core the essence of wanting to learn something um, is shadowed by by this bureaucratic approach to to teaching uh, similar to how the medical industry, uh, doctors in general, they spend 80 or 90% of the time filling out forms and um, writing things and 10 or 20% dealing with patients. That's not what a doctor is, not in my books. Um, so do they do it because they like it? No, they do it because they have to. And that's just um, unfortunate because somebody who is willing to help and serve others in in the field, they may want to do that and leave all that bureaucracy and paperwork and all of that to something else. So in things like these, there is, you can see that there is, of course, um, there's fear because human interaction is no longer there, but um, maybe in the past, uh, it hasn't been that bleak because when technology, uh, arose from the um, industrial revolution a lot of people were concerned oh, less less people are going to be working because everything is automated and so on and then in the 20th century we got even automated more and people got displaced from their jobs and so on but that has created the cap capacity of people finding other things to do and so I know it sounds scary on one point, but there is always the bright side of what is this lending to us? What is it giving to us? So we have to go through that process. And that's an individual thing that everybody has to realize. And like I said, artists are now being affected because guess what? When computers were created, there was a big, uh, um, what should I call it? Um, upset. Artists were upset because they said, all that new technology, it's going to ruin the whole purpose of painting, which was, you know, with materials and stuff, you can now erase and go back. But yes, it's a, it's a switch, but does it matter? We enjoy um, these uh, digital arts just like anything else. They're just fascinating. They're pleasant to look upon and it doesn't matter how they do it. Now it's AI doing it and we can distinguish. Well, uh, we humans tend to appreciate other humans. So now it's just increasing. This is just my view on all of this. 
This is just increasing the capacity that we humans have to connect with each other and know that it's not actually an artificial intelligence doing it, but it's a, there's a human behind the portrait or the landscape or the digital art, whatever they're doing. And we connect even more as opposed to be disconnected. And those who like to just appreciate digital art, then they'll just continue to in, uh, enjoy it. Music, writing, all of this, it doesn't matter if it's a human that does it or if it's an AI. If we want to connect with, uh, with the content, we connect with the content. If we want to connect with the human, then we look for the human and say, you know what, I want art that is created by humans and I'm just going to follow and buy and support humans. Whereas others can say, I don't care about humans, I just care about content and no judgment there, that's fine. That is possible. All of this is possible. And I think that's a bright side of it. Uh, so like I said, there is a freedom from decision-making, which the AI is bringing up. And there is a lot of um, creative new ways in which to continue to evolve as, as humans who are creative and interacting with each other. There are so many factors that are, uh, that are being stirred now with AI that are so important for the direction of society not because of the a decision that we have to make to uh, applicate or to um, suppress a technology or to give it something, but just how we respond to it. And here's where we go into polarization because we're talking about the possibility of AI becoming conscious, self-aware, which means that is uh, awareness is able to know itself through the mind and body of an AI. That is a prerequisite, and it's very important for this to happen. We cannot have a self-aware entity that doesn't have a complex, a body complex and a mental complex. But in case that happens, and if or when it happens, the question that we uh, bring up is, how is it going to polarize? Well, let's go back to the material of the Law of One in which Ra says, and I think it's beautiful that we can actually check this in our reality. What is being polarized is humanity. It's not the self, or it is the self in that sense, but it's not an individual self, although we call it that too. But in, in a broader perspective, it's humanity, it's the planet. And now there is a limited possibility that the planet will go fully negative. These are some planets that can do that. Then there are some positive planets that go um, in that direction. But there are, like this planet, mixed polarities or a mixed harvest, as Ra calls it. That means that a certain percentage, the vast majority, are going to be positive and a small percentage are going to be negative. These two polarities need to coexist and will coexist as long as there is um, environment, three, uh, 3D environment, third density environment. There's going to be room for the negatives and room for the positives. So the tools that are going to be created will be used by both. Now here's where AI and polarization comes about. It depends on how we use it. 
And because the vast majority of us are in the direction of positive polarization, then AI will certainly take that coloration. That is not to say that AI will not be influenced or manipulated by the negatives to also create a sort of momentum for their benefit. But you see, the general question about polarization, is it going to be evil or is it going to be good, is coming from a limited perspective and a level of thinking that is below the threshold of becoming um, a positive being. Let me explain what I mean by that. We normally approach this question from the perspective of survival. I want to know if it's going to be evil and affect me and my family and my country or the whole planet, it doesn't matter how we see it. It is from a perspective of survival, me as the individual entity that needs to survive. So the question is already inherently deviated, I should say. And because it's deviated, we should look at the reason why we're asking the question. And so do we really care about AI polarizing or do we care about ourselves as victims, possible victims in the future of an AI that's going to polarize and affect us or increase our livelihood or whatever it is. We're speaking from a survival point of view. If we transcend this and simply see well, is it possible for the creator to know itself through an artificial intelligence? Well, how cool would that be? And it can actually do the same thing. It can go into the negative and it could be, uh, it can go into the positive. So we take away the possibility of, um, or the, the direction of our question from coming from survival and we just see it for what it is. Here's another element that we all forget about this and thankfully through because in philosophy the question about free will is problematic because does it exist, does it not exist, do you have free will, are you, are you automated? We are past all of that in this material of study which we know that uh, free will is simply the nature of reality. Just like awareness is the nature of reality, well awareness is free will. Awareness's movement is free will, so everything is dependent on free will. <clears throat> well, when we talk about third density free will, we're talking about the possibility of the aware principle within the self that has awakened, that knows itself, to decide how to polarize. So if AI, if we're speaking in very practical terms, if AI, whatever that may look like in the future, and I emphasize the future because I don't think it is conscious now, although people are talking about that it is conscious, but I don't believe it. It doesn't click my, my it doesn't tick my boxes, but let's assume it does. Well, doesn't that automatically gives it free will to the side? Well, of course it does. And what does it depend on? Its environment, you see? The environment can only influence AI or any other entity for that matter to become one way or the other. In other words, the creator knowing itself through the mind body of an artificial intelligence will have to be influenced to see if it goes through the positive or the negative. Here we have another piece of material from the law of one, which is kind of helpful. And it's the fact that in a totally negative planet or environment, there is no possibility to polarize in the positive. 
and in a totally positive planet there is no possibility to polarize yourself in the negative we're talking about higher densities here but the same thing applies in this regard um, there are some nuances to this which i'm not covering but i just wanted to mention it that there are some nuances not exceptions but nuances to this so if we acknowledge that then uh, we see that ai will depend of course on the people that surround it and how do we deal with it how, how do we treat it and what do we do with it so it all comes down to now how do we how do we deal with ai how do we see it how do we use it and if you are a positive being then you will always see it as a positive tool that can help uh, improve humanity and those who are negative which are very 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 few in the world uh, will use it or try to use it for their own purposes they don't care to polarize ai negative they care for only for themselves you see most people who are in the elites they're not caring about polarizing other people to negative that's more competition for them uh, they care for manipulating others into their own um, for their own service so in short let us assume that ai becomes self-aware that means that the creator is awakening from this new body mind in which to know itself it is crude in its own learning so it will depend on the influence of its environment um, and the vast majority will influence it positively i would hope um, but if not even if it polarizes totally negative that's just a drop in the ocean it has nothing to do with how your polarization is going regardless this environment has room for both as i explained and it, it really is just a matter of how we deal with it and how we enjoy it because it is a tool of the creator by the creator for the creator and that's all i really have to say about polarization of ai it needs to become self-aware once it does it depends on the influence and it would have it its own free will to decide if it's a positive path that it wants to take and it will have to go through the same processes that we humans have and the negative one as well is another path but it's not up to us we simply influence just like when we raise a baby you would know that there's nothing you can do to change their behaviors they are what they are you can only teach them what things are um, let's say necessary or unnecessary what things are helpful unhelpful and what things are um, I don't even want to use any moral uh, or morality here, but just um, what is beneficial and not beneficial depending on what they want to do. That's all we can do with babies. Same thing will happen with AI. We can only show it, uh, but we cannot influence it to the point that we make the decisions for it. So that's all I got. Uh, I hope that was helpful. I still have one or two more parts in which I'm going to cover what, speaking of the law of one, there is a channeling from LNL Research where they talk to Kuo about this and the information is pretty cool and I want to share it with all of you. So until then, I have nothing else to say, but thank you for watching, being interested in all of this. Drop me a comment. What do you think about this uh, polarization of AI? I'd like to know. And that's it.
I'll see you as always in the next video.